Welcome to the Poundcast. I'm Jackson Murphy here with Nick Hewen. Nick Hewen, that's me. That's you. How are you doing, Nick? I think I'm doing okay. Are you ready for another Poundcast? I've never been more ready. Thank goodness. <laughs> uh, today, we're going to do something slightly different on episode five. Five episodes. Five episodes. Yeah. Wow, we've, that's a milestone, I think. I think so. We should probably have cake. Wish we had cake. Yeah. Or beer. We should have beer. Uh, uh, the studio manager here is the worst. I don't see any beer whatsoever. I do see a bottle of bourbon on that desk over there. I know. I've got a client gave me a nice bottle of bourbon this week. I think due to our level of professionalism, we'll save that till after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But for episode five, we're going to do something slightly different. Uh, we're not going to dive deep on uh, one big topic. We're going to dive in a small way into many small topics uh, with a trip around the digital marketing newscape. <laughs> How's that? It's, we're, we're breaking new ground. That's what it feels like. It feels like we're the Wright brothers of the digital marketing world. Breaking new ground. And then we're also going to do the segment we like the most. The digital picks. The best. Yeah, I'm hoping for something fantastic from your uh, goodie bag uh -oh. of, of picks. So. The pressure. I yeah. Think, I think I got a good pick. I think they're always good. I'm ready. Yeah, like last, I like last week's. Um, okay, so digital news. We have got a selection of amazing things to talk about. So what uh, I thought I'd do is I'd kind of like set these up, and then we'll just uh, jump into them. So the first one, Nick. Or knock them down. We're going to set them up, set them up knock them down. That's the metaphor we're going for? At bowling. Yeah. You know, I think that works. Um, I know that you're a huge Facebook user. Huge. <laughs> I'm aware that it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it skipped your demographic. I don't know. I, I, I'm a Facebook voyeur, unfortunately. I don't add much content, but I'm the same. I've been known to look at it. And I use it as a, as a tool yeah. uh, for messaging long-lost friends. Long-lost friends, yeah. Staying in contact, knowing what friends that I have who are living in Australia or China or Korea are uh, doing with their time, which is actually usually not much different from what we're doing here. Which so there you go. Everyone's are the they, same. Are they podcasting? <laughs> not at this very moment. I mean, I mean, usually they're just hanging out with their friends. So that's Facebook has shown us that people are doing the same thing socially the world over. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not very exciting. And usually, yeah. Uh, so, but the, the news with Facebook is that after many, 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 many years of resisting, uh, founder and uh, CEO Mark Zuckerberg made comments in the last week uh, during a Q&A session that um, even though they've resisted creating a dislike button as a companion to its infamous like button, that it's going to explore some options for some different ways to react to um, things that are happening on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So it may not, in fact, be a thumbs down. It may be some sort of different new item that, for me, let me set, set, set it up in reading all the articles. The biggest one is all those times when a thumbs up doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. So like your grandfather passed away, mm -hmm. you say something really amazing, and you give a thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, 
is that appropriate? Like you're like thumbs upping the comment, the sentiment, the mm -hmm. but not that Grandpa Frank has passed away. So when I read the story, I had sort of mixed reactions. My first one was Zuckerberg. Yeah. Uh, who are you to keep us from showing our true emotions by a little button? <laughs> why, why, why are you restricting us from this? Um, because as he says, as Zuckerberg says in a, in a quote, uh, not every moment is a good moment. But on Facebook, they certainly try to make it look like every mm. moment is a good moment. So it's interesting because as a reflection of life, Facebook is very one-sided. Mm. Not you don't you don't see many people expressing uh, sort of the, the downside of their life, or if they do, they're still they're looking for that little note of positivity that is the like. Yeah, they're, they're looking for some sort of confidence boost or um, some sort of validation that what they've done is so far in their life. Yeah, <laughs> they are seeking they're, validation. They're, they're seeking some social validation. Yeah. Um, so adding the dislike button, I, anyways, I'm rambling a little bit, so I should go back. I should say that at first I thought it's ridiculous that you wouldn't, that you'd restrict people from yeah. having some way to express anything other than happiness and the like. Yeah. And then I thought actually it might um, open up the floodgates to uh, sort of the downside of human nature that we see mm. a lot of times in the digital world. So it could be like Facebook. It's real, and maybe you'd be more interested in it. Maybe, but do we want that? <laughs> do we actually, you know, do we want Facebook to look like the the comments section of YouTube videos, or or like you know Reddit threads that are just nonstop hatred and it's it's and funny. I started using evil vitriol <laughs> from people you can't see. I think we call them trolls. We call them trolls. Yeah. Do we want Facebook dislike trolls happening? It's funny, a couple of weeks back, as I've been gripped by baseball fever here in Toronto, obviously we've mentioned baseball a few times on Palancast, but uh, I joined FanCred, which is like another niche social network just for sports fans. And they have the up, down sort of thing. And it doesn't seem to, I mean, I don't have a huge following mm -hmm. on, the, on the network. Um, it seems like I'm followed mostly by members who work at FanCred and uh, a few other Jays bands, but it's it's interesting how people use it because it is like, oh, I'm not happy. You know, someone will post that I'm like, oh my god, the Yankees beat the Jays. Yeah. I can do a little downward thumbs and it doesn't feel like I'm not insulting them. I'm just saying like, I don't, I'm not happy about this. Yeah. I think the difference with that though, as I understand it, is this is almost like a barroom argument, a lighthearted barroom <laughs> argument about yeah. about baseball. So it's like you're throwing your opinion out there and you're almost looking for someone to counteract it just so you can, you know, feed off of that. Yeah. That's part of the fun of it. Totally. But I think what Zuckerberg is worried about and um, is he, he said it might limit the, the type of normal content that people are putting out right now on it, which means all that stuff that we all kind of make fun of, but everyone does, is like taking a picture of the amazing dinner that you made, or your new kitten, yeah. or your babies, because there's like tons of baby pictures, which everyone's proud of their baby, but you don't want to see it a million times. But at the same time, so if there's a dislike button, no one's expecting to get a dislike on those things. Yeah. 
So will it actually limit them from like, will, will it, somebody think twice before they put on that rather banal thing that's important to them? Yeah. Uh, which it sounds crappy, but it's like, I'm actually trying to say a good thing. I'm trying to say, why, why would we discourage anybody from putting on what they want to put on? Yeah. Or would we open them up to discouragement? Uh, yeah, I think that's why it probably won't be the dislike. It'll be the sympathy button. That's what they've been talking about. It's something they created at a hackathon. But that seems limiting, too. Like, it only seems like you have sympathy for something. I think it, I, I imagine a world in the future where there's, like, multiple buttons, like, thumbs up, there's sympathy, there's a meh. We have a range of emotions. We do, why are they limiting us? With just a little thumb. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see how it plays out, but it could be an interesting, um, will, will brands start um, bringing that into play? It's not just about likes anymore, which is where brands have followed for many um, years. It's uh, some other kind of way to keep score in this crazy social, mm -hmm. online social world we live in. How's mm -hmm. that for summing up? Another way to keep score. Maybe we'll be even within our range of emotions, we'll be allowed to love, love, love things. Love things. Deep. You're so <laughs> deep. Speaking of things that we love, how is that for a transition? I love it. I love that transition. What's. Uh, this is going to be good. Uh, so the news this week that we um, heard was a relaunch of Kim Kardashian's website, KimKardashianWest.com, which uh, is amazing. So let me set this up a little bit, Nick. So she, it's a beautiful website. So it's everything you want to and couldn't get from her before all in a beautifully packaged website. You get a you know deeper glimpse into her exciting world. I mean, you could get a deeper glimpse into her exciting world if. Yes. If you pay $2.99 <laughs> a month to join her thing. Like, it's amazing that like, you go to the website and there's content um, that you, there's some free content that you can get like, um, you really should wear distressed denim with high heels. You can read all about that for free. Mm -hmm. You can read all about, um, you know, nude lips and you can't get enough of that perfect pout, which I know you and I are dying to do, but you can read about how to get your brows on fleek. I've been wanting to get my brows on fleek for a lot of reasons. But really? I actually always thought your brows were on fleek. I don't think so. Well, well now you so. <laughs> I can know how to do it. Uh, but then there's all this sort of other content that's like behind the lock and key, and then you have to um, subscribe um, to unlock her world, um, which she doesn't really get into. It's a fascinating process because we're kind of live deb debating this website as we're doing the podcast. But you, you, you click on subscribe, and it goes immediately to creating your login. So you know, first enter your login information to create your account. But it's already saying, like, add credit card. Like, they've not ever once said what this is going to cost mm -hmm. or what, what you're getting. It's just like, it assumes that if you click on subscribe on her website, you're in, which I, I'm in. I'm, like, ready to. This entire website is just a study on either 
Like <laughs> the success or the folly of capitalism. It's like who even is this person that everyone wants to pay, or that people apparently are willing to pay two ninety nine a month to to look at um, and see how she gets her eyebrows on fleek. <laughs> That's I think getting your eyebrows on fleek is worth two ninety nine. Do you? <laughs> That's uh, there. There was a. Uh, <laughs> I, I read an argument that uh, she feels that it's worth two ninety nine as well because yeah. it costs a lot to go into get your makeup done, which yeah. is admittedly something that I don't know much about. Never have done that, <laughs> but it doesn't look like it's all that uh, difficult to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's definitely getting this in some sort of trouble. I'm going to cut that part out. <laughs> no, leave it in. Well, it doesn't look like it's worth two ninety nine a month to no. learn. I mean, on the on the price point, it doesn't seem like a crazy price. Mm-hmm. Two ninety nine a month. Where is this money going though? It is going directly to her. For her her houses. <laughs> or or into her pocket, and I would think it's into her pocket by by, by her couches. Yeah, to the listeners. Yeah, that's a part of her website that I <laughs> took me a minute to figure out what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, she's something of a philanthropist. Yes. Well, I've seen that on the show. Okay. Couches is is causes with a K. It's causes with a K. Yeah. yeah so Got it. It's stylized. It's yeah. But I, I, so, the Kardashian apparently is someone who wants to give back to the community, yes. while also stealing from the community. <laughs> you might even say that she's a modern day Robin Hood. I, I like it. It's a little harsh, but I like where your head's at. I think well, a the website's uh, beautifully made. Looks like really professional, like it, it looks high end, the content looks like they spend a lot of time on the content. The website's beautiful. Yeah, no, so no. I wonder like, you know, what's the math on if, you know, is it 100,000 fans subscribe for a month? Is it like, will a million of them do it? Like if she's if she's gonna make, you know, if, if, if a million of her, like she's got 40 or 50 million Instagram subscribers, if does she really? I think so. If I have to admit that the I, the Kim Kardashian phenomenon it eludes me in general. So I I mean I guess it's it was tough for me to really understand how much money really this this could equal. But she has how much did you say forty million? I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna check while we're while we're. Uh, I just forget if it's like with the West. With with the power of the Google, we're gonna find out. Yeah. Instagram uh, is, is tough. We'll, we'll get that number, but she's got. Let's let's say she has at least thirty million, and w- what if one million of them subscribe to her website for a year? Um, she's making millions of dollars a month to produce some content, but she's probably she's already doing those videos every day. Like she is a like. It's not hard for her to create that content. So she's monetized her life in a way that that. Not many people can uh, can do. It's incredible, actually. When you put it that way, it's just, I, I don't know how. And imagine that, I have mixed emotions about this right now. <laughs> uh, imagine she's literally famous for nothing. 
Or would you? You're pro Kardashian, I can tell. I'm not. I'm you not, pro Kim. I'm. I'm not. Well, maybe I'm like pro Kanye. So if he's on, if he's on board, it can't be all that bad, can it be? He's even. He's got his own tab here. Of course. Well, she's probably part of it. You probably have to pay extra to get like Weezy content. Apparently, it's all uh, all access. All access. So you can see. You, you can, can see. Go and look at that if you, you want look to. Look at that. Yeah. So I, I I think it's just an interesting model. Like kind of, I would call it the like celebrity, like next generation. So we've had the first generation of celebrity um, e-commerce where like Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, Blake Lively and Reese Witherspoon all launching their own um, brands um, online. Now the next generation is like not a brand or an e-commerce to do anything. She is a brand. Yeah, it's just access to her world and life and she's a she's a money creating juggernaut yeah so she could probably get another 25 30 million dollars a year just out of website content which i'm sure a lot of small publishers and content people would love to have that kind of revenue model without advertising without like it's all direct to consumer which is a fascinating kind of like future of um kind of world we live in it's an incredible model yeah i have to tell you though for my part you better bring a little more to the table before she's getting my money. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna for Christmas. I'm gonna give you a year subscription, and then you can have all the access if you want. I mean, she's a beautiful woman. Yes, but she's still just not. She's not bringing enough. Not enough for you. There's, there's not enough game. So happening. would it, would it be like more like ninety nine cents a month? Would be like more your style. I would say that I might peruse it. Actually, let me. I, I would peruse it rarely if it was free. Yeah, but I might check it out every now and then. But even still, what celebrity would you pay two ninety nine a month to have that same access? Like, what? Uh, who would who would you be more interested in? Uh, it would be tough to say exactly, you know, one person, but it would be someone who is definitely saying something, not just being. I can tell you who I would pay two ninety nine a month to get more access to this month in September twenty fifteen. About the year Trump. <laughs> You want more Trump? I want. I would, I would like to see more. I want to see. I want to like behind the scenes. Like, you know, I'd actually. I'd like to see behind the scenes Trump. <laughs> definitely, because I think that, that would just be like a grand jest. Yeah, he, <laughs> he he might charge more because he's the biggest superstar on the planet. Yeah, although I, I hope I, I don't know how many people would pay. Would you pay? Would you pay three dollars a month? For more Trump, maybe for like a month. For one month, <laughs> I dip my toes into the Trump, uh, uh, the yeah. Trump pool. I, as long as he was he was bringing the like content that he wasn't willing to share with the rest of the people. Now, funny side note: before we switch gears to a third topic, the did you see the replacement uh, host for Celebrity Apprentice? No, amazing breaking news for you, but not for other people. But any wild guess of who they would get to replace Trump? For the next season of The Apprentice, appearing spring of 2016. Is he a, is he a businessman? No. Is it Jay Z? <laughs> no, he's an entertainer. Is it? Uh... Is your last guess? Oh, Dennis Rodman. That would be amazing. He's not really an entertainer. No, no. I guess he, he is. Of... Yeah, he didn't do so well on The Apprentice. Okay. Uh, the answer is. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow. 
like how amazing is he going to be? Like, what is he going to be able to just do? You're fired, or does he get to come up with his own tagline? Like, the possibilities are endless. Well, it's it's weird because he sort of like cultivated a uh, an image of being a really nice guy. He's going to have to be harsh to these people. I, but uh, maybe, yeah. yeah I'm not a little surprised by that because yeah. he's like you know the Terminator. Yes, but he, I think like he's post his governorship, he's. He's been much more into like back into the bodybuilding scene, and I think I don't know. I think you, you're going to watch it. I can tell already. I can also uh, I guess that he's going to say you're terminated. You exactly. Yeah. He, Actually, if he doesn't, that would be crazy. Yeah, a folly. It would be a folly. Um, well, let's let's go to a, a third story here. There's an article in Quartz um, from the past week or so um, that that. It's just fascinating because it, it, it says it the headline is A Day in the Life of a Chinese App Addict. And so there's a couple of things um, that I'll, I'll, I'll just sort of pull out and then we can just talk about it. But it's fascinating just in the first little intro to the, the paragraph. Um, last year, Chinese smartphone users downloaded 185 billion apps for 59% of all app downloads worldwide. So many apps. So many apps, um, all thanks to China's um, over half a billion and growing smartphone users. So China surpassed the US to become the biggest downloader of iOS apps in the world. Um, and while Google's blocked in China, several sort of homegrown Android app stores have sprung up to cater directly to China. So whether it's iPhones, Androids, whatever, they're they're out crazy. What what's interesting to me, like both the like idea of, of some of the more personal stories of the article, um, going through the um, through the article talking about the day in the life of, of them being such addicts is just that marketplace being um, like I can just see so many app makers in Toronto, in Vancouver, across the country, across North America, just like creating apps for that market must be a huge market unto itself, to say nothing about your app that you've created here in your market. It would make you wonder why you even bother creating a market, uh, an app for, here. for this market. Yeah. I mean, the, China is almost tough to understand, uh, just but the, the population is, is incredible. I mean, I have a friend that lives in a city called Guangzhou. I actually forget the population. I think it's something like 3 million people. It's crazy. It's crazy because no one here has ever heard of it. It's yeah. a city the size of, you know, the GTA. Yeah. For the most part. Or, you know, somewhere around there. I forget the actual numbers. But it's just that there's so many huge cities, yeah. such a huge population that why look at any business anywhere else, really? And you look at it that way. Anyways, it's interesting. The article was interesting. The other part of the article that I thought was really interesting was, uh, like they said, that what are the most popular app categories being shopping, video streaming, image, video apps, and social media. They talk about this one um, kind of service called Sposter, which is a app um, to get um, your uh, deliveries. And so, like, it's crazy that the app has lockers in your um, apartment. So you like order stuff, it gets put into this locker, then you get a code from 
foster to like go downstairs. All like you don't have to like. So have so to that eat. part that part really got me too, <laughs> and I hate I know I brought it back to this book that really uh, that I really loved that I read a couple months ago called Ready Player One. Yes. So I know you, I don't think you've read it yet. I haven't read it yet. No. So it's not a big spoiler alert or anything like that, but um, you know. Everyone is just inputted into this virtual reality uh, video game, and uh, they, a lot of them, if they have the money to, they come to the point where they just live within it. So all of their food, all of their commodities are just ordered to their apartment via you know, apps or whatever it is. Then the product is just you know, pumped up to their apartment, and the character in the book goes up through, I think, six months without leaving his apartment because he just doesn't need to. Right. <laughs> and as, as soon as I read about that, those are those lockers in the basement you of the like, apartment, that's, that's, that's just like Ready Player One, yeah. and it's crazy. Yeah. Um, you don't even have to have the indignity of, like, opening the door for a delivery person. It's like, insane. It's yeah. insane. It's even in the girl within it. Another thing that was, I don't even know if you realized this when she was writing it, but it's like, uh, she was ordering plants. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Of course, why wouldn't you? But, you know, like the, the, the deeper sort of allegory of yeah. the, the future, when she's ordering these these parts of nature and life <laughs> down to the lockers in the basement of yeah. her apartment without ever having stepped outside. Yeah. And hoping that they're alive when she gets them, too. Yeah. It's like she actually mentioned, I hope they've, they've, sh- they've shipped. Yeah, the live ones. <laughs> It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> I like. I took a little uh, um, this quote from that. Mm. Says, Back in my apartment, I tear open all the packages with power and happiness. I <laughs> I install everything around the house, and I finally feel satisfied. Like it's amazing. I, I want that power and happiness. <laughs> I like. I just finally. I, I feel satisfied. Yeah. Know? Like, gee, I, I I read that and I thought that's. It's weird. Her life is dominated by yeah. these apps. To do everything, everything life, that she's like, doing. her social life, her her consumption of and getting product life, her um, entertainment life is all being done by her. But it's interesting because she obviously doesn't feel you know amiss about it in any no. way. No. This, this, in fact, she loves it. She's, so, what is who's the future? Her or me? I don't know. I'm not exactly a detractor, but no. I am to be to, to that extent. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot. Anyways, I like it. So it's a, it's a great article. So we'll link that in our uh, post on poundandgrain.com so you can read that. I think we posted a couple times on on Twitter this week as well. Next uh, topic up for grabs, which I picked specifically for you, uh, Nick, was an article in Fast Company with the title. I'll just like just an eye-grabbing title. Are GIFs the future of novels? Wow. No. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> but, so, you want me to set it up? Set it up, yeah. <laughs> Before you debunk, <laughs> we can just debunk uh, uh, thought pieces just by the title alone. So, uh, a, a fellow named Dennis Cooper, a Paris, uh, but a, originally American artist, editor, performance artist, 
Um, his latest works are HTML books that use GIFs from the internet to create an entirely new and wholly disconcerting medium that feels something like Google's deep dream algorithm hooked up with Giphy, one of my favorite websites. Giphy's and, uh, awesome. Um, and then told some horror stories. So it's deep dream, Giphy, pure horror. So they're, they're, they're very frightening looking experiences once you down. Downloading HTML is a very insane concept unto itself, mm -hmm. but I'll, I'll lob that softball over in your direction and you can knock it out of the park here. Well, no, I don't, I don't want to tear it apart, but once again, the sensational headline is it's the future of novels. I mean, obviously not. <laughs> but it is an interesting little uh, accompaniment to whatever novel content you happen to be reading. I, I saw it also as like, um, for, for kids, reading it. This mm. is just an added interactive experience for them. Yeah. Um, personally, I would never read a novel and then go through the gifts that are <laughs> attached to it as well. Yeah. Per I mean, that's just me. I don't know. I mean, would you? Um, I don't know if I wouldn't. Um, if it was more inspired video content, maybe animation to go along with yeah. it. But I don't know if I would. I'm really thrown by gifts being a part of it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I think it's just. It, I think it's in the early days. People are experimenting with, with different mediums. But yeah, I don't think it's the end of anything. The future of something. It is a fun concept. Though. I mean, yeah. it's a fun thing. Yeah, they look terrifying. Um, but I, I would imagine like these are like found gifts from the internet. It might be more interesting if there was. Know, originally created animated gifts that accompany things. Absolutely, it could, it could work. I mean, I, I was reading. I'm reading a book this week about um, the Negroni, which is fascinating. It's like kind of like half cocktail. The cocktail. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, just on my my phone, it's a Kindle book. Uh, I don't know where, why I was reading it, but someone recommended it. Anyway, it would be well served by like cool little GIF animated. Recipes and instructions and stuff. It's wild. I can see that. I can yeah. see that a lot more than uh, having an actual narrative. Yeah. But, um, this is more fact based, I imagine, to some extent. I'm sure it's fun as well because it is about a cocktail. Yeah. Although you have, now you have to explain exactly, you know, what a book about a single cocktail could possibly entail. I know it was created in Italy. Yeah. So it, well, it does that. It does like the contrary stories of why. You know, a couple of different people with last name Negroni um, came up with it. So there's two kind of stories. So it goes through all of that. And then he just is going around to different bartenders around the globe and kind of meeting with them and gets their kind of like takes on the cocktail. And then that gives you recipes and what are the variations and why and kind of why is it an enduring drink? Why, why is a, a gin based cocktail? How did that? Yeah, in Italy, for instance. Yeah, and the the um, why uh, why it's red and why the secret around why it's red and that it changed the the way it is. It's bright red color. Um, it's red it's, because of Campari. Yeah, yeah, no, but the Campari, the red in Campari. Um, I think the rumor is always that it's not vegan because 
the red came from um, part of a beetle. Because there's like 80, there's, people say there's between 40 and 80 ingredients in Campari. Because um, it's all just like a bunch of like weeds and flowers and stuff. But then people couldn't figure out why it was red. And then they changed the recipe, I think in 2006. But prior to that, the red came from the dye in a beetle. I, um, I got to so. say, when you dig this deep, the history of that cocktail made me make me want to go back and uh, give them another go. Yeah, it's really a, not not, so, totally, not totally my thing. I don't no. know. Is it, is it yours? Uh, Joe Say is really into them, so we we have them at home every once in a while. And then there was the sort of shortage of Campari earlier this year, so like we kind of stocked up um, just to <laughs> always have them. I'm a great Campari drought of 2015. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so some, for somewhere along the line, I, I saw a recipe then that someone recommended the book, and it looks like easy breezy. Like I think uh, I read for about forty-five minutes, and I'm halfway through it. It's, not, it's a lot of recipes, which are easy to read. Could have used gifts. Could have used some animated gifts. Yeah, right. which is an opportunity for us. I mean, we could do that. Um, shall we do our last bit of digital news and a special segment just for you, Nick? Of Robot news. Ooh, robot news. Robot news. We should have like some sort of audio uh, thing there. So I found this story specifically for you that Volvo um, is developing robots. So let me set it up here. So in a press release this week, um, Volvo announced a joint venture for developing autonomous trash collecting robots mm-hmm. um, and it's accompanied with this amazing little animated drawing cute little yellow guys two wheels um, picking up your trash um, this uh, verge article sort of uh, describes it as um, you know in this conceptual state like a cousin of wally um, that takes your refuse bin and empties it in the refuse truck without waking the sleeping families and without heavy lifting for the refuse truck driver who presumably is still a human. Okay. So, <laughs> so, set, so set it up. Yeah. Not not to be negative, Nick. <laughs> but um, I'm wondering, since we, we talked a lot in the last podcast about usefulness in the mm. digital age, I'm I'm kind of wondering where the perceived need was for garbage robots. Because we do have humans that are getting paid and employed that are handling the same job. And I just, I don't know, like there's a dangerous element to it, maybe? I think their point was that like, well, maybe it's more of a uh, European thing, but like, that that trash collecting is very loud and these robots would be like, they wouldn't, you know, just throw the, the bins down and all that sort of stuff. But oh, they would be politer. They would be more polite. Presumably, until they threaten to take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just keep sending them in to defuse bombs and yeah. just leave it at that. Isn't it, do you I always find it so interesting that, like, that, you know, here's Volvo, classic car maker, probably making up insane amounts of money they can afford to have Jean-Claude Van Damme in there. Like ads for the like split thing over the trucks. And well, stuff. they're they're Swiss, right? Volvo uh, or is it German? Uh, it's Swedish. 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 Well, they have lots of money too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but like, they have the best and brightest minds at their company. That's the, this is where utility comes back into it. Like, is this 
to your point, is this what they should be solving or should they be solving, you know, things that are bigger than this? Like, who's, who's asking for this? Yeah. Like when we talked about it when we brought up the MIT beer bots, yeah. like why is MIT um, creating beer serving robots and not like curing cancer as a just one just one example of what usefulness our smartest people could be working on. It, it almost feels like I mean okay not to completely take away from this because it is pretty cool but it almost feels like the technology was there to create these robots that can do something. Yeah. And they're like, well, what is the, what is some menial task we can send them out to do and tell people that they want to? <laughs> Let's get them to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, maybe, you know, so that's our future now. That's let's, our future. Let's, as long as they keep doing the crappy jobs, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I just wonder where those garbage men are going to go. That's a good point. They're, they're just going to create a ring of roving robot destroying gangs. And then the garbage wars will be erupt. <laughs> a dystopian future. A dystopian. Thank you very much, Volvo. Yeah. Thanks, Volvo. Not only do you make boxy-looking cars, but you totally <laughs> threw us under the bus, literally, with your robot garbage man. Thanks <laughs> from humanity. <laughs> Interesting. It's just this, the, the, that's just five little things from a week in the world of digital. From all aspects, uh, it's pretty fascinating. But uh, like a good um, infomercial, there's more, Nick. What uh, about we swing into our digital picks? All right, digital picks time. Digital picks. Yeah, what uh, do you have a juicy one for us? What do you want? Do you want juicy? Me to go first? I don't know if it's. I don't know if it, how juicy it is, but it is. Um, so, so mine is sort of like the Shazam for books. I like it is the way that it was touted. So this app or this service called Shelfie allows you to take a picture of your bookshelf and return it returns a list of discounted or free ebooks based on the titles that you have on your shelf wow. for download. Um, it can now identify about 45 million titles. So That means for an average shelfie user, about 10 to 20% of the books on their shelves will be eligible for free or highly discounted bundled books. So you were wondering how you were going to get that obscure title <laughs> onto your phone or tablet. This is it. This is it. This means that the book that you've already read, the format that you've read it in, you're now more mobile with it. You can take it anywhere. You can take it anywhere. I like it. Yeah. I just shelfy. I love the, the, the tagline of the Shazam for books. Yeah. That's that's the big thing with, with uh, marketers is to like make something that seems like it's familiar. Like uh, yeah. a couple weeks back, I don't think it was on the Poundcast, but we in one of our articles we had the um, Uber for tuxedo rentals. Right. Because you're taking a model that's already working yeah. and trying to apply it to an area that yeah. you see a need. Yeah. Usefulness. Right there. Bringing it back two episodes in a row. Yeah. yeah. So, so what we have to do <laughs> is think about something that we're generally upset about. Yeah. That are you know we feel that technology should be solving problems for. 
And then it's that, it's that simple. It's, it's, that's, it's, that's the barrier between. It's really the Rosetta Stone of, of digital marketing is just that. It's easy, folks. It is. It's easy in, in principle. Yeah. Right. So there it is, Shelfie. Shelfie, you heard it here. I like it. I like the name, too. Mm-hmm. I thought Shelfie was just a hashtag taking um, artful pictures of your shelves. But I think that was where maybe they got it from. That's the thing, too. That could get confusing. It could be. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I don't know why it's a thing, but I think. Um, Probably because Pinterest is a thing. Yeah, you want to take a good Shelfie picture. Yeah. You know, a lot of people put a lot of effort into what their shelves look like. Yeah. I just like, toss everything toss it. <laughs> <laughs> Hope that it doesn't fall apart or explode with books. Yeah. That's me. My shelfies would be. <laughs> Shelf- shelfies are well, shelves. Speaking of taking pictures, <laughs> how's that for a good transition? Segway. Segway into my pick, which is uh, the camera restrictica. Restrict- restricta. Restricta. Uh, so this is uh, a cool thing that we saw um, earlier this week, created by a German design student, Philip Schmidt. Um, and it, it's, it's really just a device that uses your phone's GPS and a web app to pull your location information um, and pictures um, publicly posted to Flickr and other um, communities to determine how many online pictures were geo-targeted at your location. Sounds complicated, but if too many pictures have been shot nearby, um, the shutter will retract into the case, the viewfinder will close, leaving you unable to take a picture until you go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So basically this little tool um, prevents you from taking the same photos as everyone else does and pushes for originality when it comes to, to photos. It will not not let you take the same picture of you hoisting up the Leaning Tower of Pisa like everyone else did. It will not let you take the picture of you um, squishing the top of the CN Tower from a different perspective because someone's already done it. Yeah, it actually probably won't even let you take a photo just of those Thanks. sites. Yeah. So I, I love this thing. <laughs> I thought Nick, you would. Negative Nick is turning a new leaf. <laughs> he's, he's positive. He's Nick. back. Yeah. He's uh, back. Yeah. This thing's amazing. Uh, I even love the name. Yeah, good I, name. I assume it's a play on Camera Obscura, but yeah. maybe not. But I, I think it is. Great name, anyways. Um, I think, you, you know, we're just, we're drowning in photos. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. It was the natural progression of the camera. We like in the era of film, you would have had to think a little bit about what photo you want to take because it costs money to get developed, and yeah. uh, when you take a bad one, it's a waste. Yeah, but that that's completely gone from our our world. There's, there's no wastefulness. Yes, yeah. photos of everything, and everyone is taking the same photo, which once again maybe isn't a bad thing. But if you want to push yourself to be a little more creative, then maybe this is the device for you. It's amazing. We should give them to everyone. It should come standard in the uh, iPhone 7 next year. I also, I love the uh, case itself. Yeah. It just looks like a huge old <laughs> totally. film camera. Yeah. I love that this is preventing from doing stupid photos. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was great, smart, clever, um, a different take, original, yeah. um, but solves a, a problem um, that, that will become more apparent as people 
you know, everyone gets on Instagram, everyone starts like sharing their photos. And like, I think a lot of people just like, oh yeah, that photo I saw of that person in Paris, I'm going to recreate that same photo for myself. Yeah. And totally fine, but like nobody needs to see the same photo over and over. Absolutely. Yeah. And not to be negative again, but who even cares? Like, take it for yourself, but I, nobody else wants to see it anymore. Um, so show us something that's interesting that you want to release it to the world. I like it. Or, or don't, because you have that option. But this camera will help you if that's something that you do want to do. Yes. I also like how, since it's German, <laughs> it gives you a hard nine. Nine. Yeah. If uh, you're trying to take that yeah. cliche photo. <laughs> Just don't do it. Just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it, is, it, every, it's, it could only, yeah, it could only be in German. Yeah, it's perfect. Well, that's pics. That's digital news, Nick. Another edition of the Poundcast done. Finito. All we need to do is add some fancy music. It's music. And to spend some time making us sound uh, good. So hopefully the, the audio worked out. Um, <laughs> Let's hope so. Yeah, but uh, thanks for listening. And maybe I call upon you again to uh, do the standard Poundcast exit. <clears throat> <laughs> okay, here we go. You can find the Poundcast in the iTunes store. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn for your regular digital marketing news. And find our weekly wrap-up in the best in digital marketing, The Weekly Wins, at poundandgrade.com every Friday. Amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Thank you guys.